You are listening to HHS bonus content from the Hillbilly Horror Stories Network. This bonus content is released during the week for your listening pleasure while awaiting the release of Sunday's actual Hillbilly Horror Stories episode. All bonus content will be listed as HHS Presents or HHS Midweek while the actual Hillbilly Horror Stories episodes will have only an episode number and the title listed, for example, 187, The Kentucky Vampires. Those episodes are a longer deep dive into a particular subject. If you are new to the show and the bonuses aren't your style, get the full-length episode to try. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to episode 30 of the midweek episode. I'm Jerry. Tracy. Hey, you learned something from last week. Mm-hmm. Not to talk over you. <laughs> Wait my turn. <laughs> Tonight, as promised, we've got Julie's story. And her two of her friends went up to the Conjuring house for an overnight. And uh, we'll just say there was plenty of excitement before, during, and after. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's the truth. All right. Beforehand, we've got a cool little story. A place I hadn't heard of and I ran across something by accident. So I started studying it. This is about the Quaker Cemetery that's up in uh, Periopolis, Pennsylvania. What is it? It's a cemetery, Periopolis. Oh, I've never heard of that place. I hadn't either. It was founded by Quaker pioneers and goes all the way back to the 1700s. Now, according to legends, and there's a few of them, this spot was used to execute witches, and it also served as a place for black magic rituals. Ooh, spooky. So the locals believe that the church that sits right in the middle of the cemetery is haunted by evil spirits due to this dark past that we just spoke about. Which you're not supposed to speak of evil, so I don't know. <laughs> you're, you're not to hear it either. <laughs> or see it. The church is a one-room stone building. That's lame. It kind of reminds me of the uh, the place that Rondell got married in. We got a best friend. Remember he got married when, when we went to his little wedding out there and it was just one little... I don't yeah. think you went. I, I, you were at his wedding. Yeah, but did you go? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, you didn't leave me at home? I don't. Well, I could remember if I was thinking this might have been before you. <laughs> wow. Anyways, they had that. It was that little bitty uh, church. They had the, a white suit with pink. Yes, that I remember that. Yes, so I was there. But you could have seen pictures. Uh, in no, fairness. I was there. Anyways, <laughs> there's two separate curses that supposedly are here: one for the church itself, and one for the cemetery. So let's talk about the church one first. It said that there's this writing on the walls when you go inside of the church, you know, like graffiti. Mm-hmm. The writing describes that how one of the people that's buried out in the cemetery actually died. And if you read the description, the legend says that you will die the same death as that person. So I don't know how you're, I mean, I guess you're supposed to stop if you start reading it and happen to notice that's, hey, oh, this is how that guy died. I should quit reading it. Oh. So <laughs> I don't know because, I mean, by the time you realize that you're reading it, you already read it. Well, yeah, that makes no sense. So the other curse actually involves the headstone of the person we just spoke about that's buried outside. So the legend says that the headstone itself is cursed. So if you stand at the grave or walk over the grave or read the poem that's inscribed on the headstone, that you'll have bad luck or worse. Wow, that's two good choices. (laughs) I don't know which one I want. So by the way, the poem starts off with remember youth as you go by. Youth? Youth, two youths. Youths. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a spirit here that will push down anybody who disrespects the graves or 
who visits the cemetery alone. Another spirit haunts the church. It causes it to be eerily cold inside, even when it shouldn't be. Like, it's hot outside, you mm-hmm. walk inside, and it's cold. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah, that's true. Cool you off. It's believed by many that the road in front of the cemetery is also haunted. In the 1980s, there was a man that was driving by, and he kind of slowed down to take a look at the cemetery. And at that point, a large black dog came out of nowhere and started chasing him. He said he floored it, but the dog was able to keep up with him until he got out of the area of the cemetery, and then the dog just disappeared. There's a young lady that actually posted some pictures on a site I was looking at. And she says that she came to church, it was daylight, and it was after this real nice snowfall. She wanted to take some pictures because it was such a pretty sight. She said it snowed about three or four inches, and she was the first one to get there. And she knows this because the snow was undisturbed. Mm -hmm. Hers was the only footsteps in the snow. She walks up to the church on one end, takes all these pictures and stuff. And then she walks out of the other side of the church, walks out a little bit of a distance, and turns around to take a picture, which she does. She didn't notice this until she got home, and then she kind of started looking closely at the pictures, and there was a second set of footsteps. Now, this set of footsteps, picture this. You you were at the start of the building. You walked out, say, I don't know, 50 yards. You turn around, and you're looking, and that's the picture you take. She said the footprints didn't start until about midway up. So they didn't start at the building like hers did. They started about midway up from where her started, and then they were coming towards her. Oh, no. Not away from her. Yikes. So That would freak me out. Yeah, that's what she saw there. And then there was another young lady by the name of Nicole. Now, she says that she walked into the cemetery and was immediately drawn to the church. So she walked into the church. She was amazed at how cold that it felt. She said, then there was a bunch of writing on the wall, which we've talked about. Nothing major. She was with two other friends at this time. So they went outside and they started reading headstones. They were all kind of standing, you know, next to each other, looking at one stone. And she said they started hearing these footsteps coming from behind them. Mm-hmm. And she said they all were so, it was like it ran towards them to the point where they all kind of took a step forward. Because they thought something was going to run into them. They turn around, but there was nothing there. Wow. So then they start finishing reading the headstone, and they heard it again. So then they moved on to another headstone, and they started hearing this noise that sounded like somebody took a metal pipe Mm -hmm. and was hitting another piece of metal, like a metal fence post or something like that. And they took that upon themselves to say, "Um, it's time to leave. Well, I I would have left the first time. So nobody else was anywhere around the area. So but, so they heard the footsteps and they heard the, the clanking, which was there. So Yeah, well, both of them heard it. So there that's you right. go. So anyways, that's the little quick story we had on the uh, Quaker Cemetery out in Periopolis, Pennsylvania. That's cool. All right. Let's listen to Julie talk about the Conjuring House, one of my favorite places. <laughs> they're getting ready to do uh, a week-long Andrea Perrin's part of that, where they're doing like a week-long 24-7 video camera inside, and you can pay to just watch what goes on inside. Oh, so, very, very cool. cool. Don't mock me. No. Oh. All right, let's listen to Julie. Hey, guys, we've got some special guests on the phone tonight. I'm really fascinated to hear this story because I don't know any of it, which is the way I prefer it. But we've got Julie, Faith, and Cheryl on. 
And back in January, they were able to go to the Conjuring House up in uh, Rhode Island and be able to spend some time there. And they've had a lot of crazy stuff happen in the house. And they've had a lot of crazy stuff that's happened since they left the house. I thought it would be fun to bring them on and have them tell their stories as to what's happened at the house and since. So, Julie, first of all, welcome to the show. Faith and Cheryl, welcome to the show as well. Thank you. Hi, Jerry. Thank you for having us. Oh, I'm excited about having you ladies on. Julie, I'm going to let you take the lead on most of this. So, first of all, tell me how you three got to the house as far as like was there was there some kind of investigation already set up or did you you guys do your own personal investigation and what do you three usually do in these in these things because it's my understanding that you you aren't like a professional investigation team but you guys like to get together and do this kind of stuff so how did the conjuring house happen okay we have a friend that is a paranormal event person and she you know signs up for for haunted places like the conjuring house and asks people if they would like to join her and that's how we pretty much got into that you know it was a paid event you know we heard it was the conjuring house so of course we jumped at it we went back in january and i i have to say it started off the week prior to going my gut was telling me not to go. I'm a bit of an, an intuitive and I'm an empath. I was picking up not to go, not to go, not to go, but I was pushing through it. But I also had some signs on I shouldn't go. I had two floods in my basement that week. I had two um, pipes go. I had lights going on and off. It's it was It was almost like people were telling me not to go. Uh, the universe was telling me not to go and I was uh, voicing my concerns to my friends both Faith and Cheryl and um, even the day I was supposed to go I said if I had to go downstairs to go get a blanket because it was an overnight I went downstairs and I said if there's a flood down there I'm not going I went down there there was a flood and I said oh shoot but I I trucked through it and I said all right I'm just gonna go so as I was driving there, with about 10 minutes before I got there, it's all like these really windy, small back country roads. I just got this ominous feeling. I wanted to turn around so badly, but I just kept going, especially because I had my friend Cheryl. This was her first time going to a big paranormal event, especially the Conjuring House. As you know, the Conjuring House is great infamous for the type of paranormal activity not only the house but the whole entire area there anyway i pull in the driveway i get the guts up and i go in the house and meet the new owners and everything seems to be fine i was hesitant but then i just everything just sort of fell into place and we met everybody we went in everyone seemed to be fine and then we started to investigate the house took on a life of its own it it as we were investigating we couldn't none of our our equipment was working for one couldn't get anything to to work correctly we couldn't now this was just us though like the other teams were okay or the other people right did you bring your own equipment or were you using equipment that they supplied well, we brought our own equipment, not like a lot of equipment. We, you know, we're not big time or anything like that. Like we're just using the spirit box 
And we were trying to do the uh, the ESPYs experience where experiment where you you know you put the headphones on and and you listen to the the spirit box you know how it goes like all that like static and it runs through the radio stations mm-hmm. really fast and you wear a blindfold. We wanted to do that, but Faith's spirit box just would not work and it was working fine before she went there and then the light started remember that guys the light yeah. started um like dimming and shutting off and this that went on for what like an hour and wasn't it about an hour it was they it was, kept it was just a, go mm-hmm. ahead Faith. go ahead honey sorry Faith, go ahead oh no i, w- I didn't say anything <laughs> oh i thought you said something I, it, it was i think it lasted for at least 20 minutes anyways with all the lights okay. I, I don't know about an hour i think once you fell i think but it was at least 20 minutes yeah so it, it could have been but yeah it was a good good amount of time because yeah the lights were going flickering on and off on and off dimming out of course everyone we had different people on different floors because in the conjuring houses like we were up in the bedrooms upstairs and there was another team on the main level and there was another team down in the basement and you could hear everyone screaming and flipping out and her spare box would not work so they had a tech guy danny that was there that was um, part of karen's group karen is our friend that is the coordinator of the event and I was going down the back stairs to go to talk to Danny and see if he could help us try to get the spare box to work. And that's when I fell down the stairs and broke my elbow. Now, I have to say, I was not pushed. I tripped on the rug. They have these, like, little braided rugs, treads on the uh, stairs. And I, my foot just got caught in there and I fell down and I broke my elbow. And at that time, the lights were still going crazy. It was pretty much the whole house just came alive. And everyone was pretty much flipping out. And then, believe it or not, Jerry, I don't know how I did this. I knew I had done something serious to my elbow. But I just grabbed some ice and just chucked on. (laughs) You're a gamer. (laughs) I have no idea how I did it. But I did. I grabbed my ice, wrapped around my arm, and I said, all right. Because I wasn't, for one, I wasn't going to leave the girls because that place was kind of scary. And another, I have to say, Jerry, when you go into the house, they ha- they ask you to sign a waiver. And and they ask you to, I mean, they tell you the experiences that some people have had there. The owners did, I should say. One of the things they did say is that people seem to lose time. They seem to lose their ability to think. I don't know how to describe it, but that's exactly what happens. I was in almost like a fog. I was not like, I knew where I was, but it's like, I was there all night long. I got there at five. I broke my elbow at nine and I was there until 1030 in the morning the next morning. But it didn't seem that way. It seemed like I was only there for a few hours, if that makes any sense. It does. So it's... (laughs) It's a very hard place to describe. It's There's definitely a portal there. There's no doubt in my mind there's a portal there. It's, it's, it's very strong. There's like three bedrooms upstairs. 
and in the middle bedroom, that's where we got most of uh, the activity. Uh, there was a lot of, I don't know, Cheryl, you caught a lot of stuff in that room. Yeah, I caught On some videos video. that, that were backed up by, I think it was Faith, saying, did anybody see that? And I ended up catching it on video. It was like lights uh, moving across the room. And Julie hit the nail right on the head as far as the feelings that you had in this house. I think Julie was the only cautious one. I think me and Faith were more, oh, this is great. We want everything to happen and we don't care. And (laughs) in the house, (laughs) Julie added that equation for us. They pulled Julie away so me and Faith could be careless. And maybe not so much Faith, but me. I mean, I was walking around that house like I wanted something to jump in my face and scream at me. And I don't think that's the way to approach this place anyways. Hey, Cheryl, do you want to, um, Jeremy, what you and Faith said in the beginning of the night? Oh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Actually, I'm embarrassed to say it now. Someone got scratched. One of the other, I don't know if he's a medium. He got scratched upstairs, right, in the leg? He did, yeah. And at that point, we had had the the flashing lights, and we had had poor Julie break her arm. And me and Faith just still were on a, oh, I was on a different wavelength. Like, oh, my God, I wish something would scratch me. And Julie (laughs) almost slapped me in the face when I said that. (laughs) Of course, of course, I agree with her. Yes, because, I mean, I live in a haunted house. The ghosts here, uh, I've been with them for 20 years. They don't scare me. This this house was a little scary. After I, after I left, I wasn't scared when I was there. I was more excited. But the fear came when I left, for me anyways. So let me ask you this. So obviously, you experienced stuff inside the house. Now, the story of the house, obviously... You know, the, the first ghost that, that the parents had seen was like, a, I guess, like a, an old man that was kind of there as they were moving in and out. And, you know, other stuff happened throughout the time that they were there that's been well documented. As far as when you guys were in the house, what did you feel like was there? Did you feel like it was wrestle spirits? Did you feel like it was some kind of demonic entity? What, what was your feelings as to what you think was there? All of the above. Okay. There are many, many layers to this house. I think there's a much higher power there than just demonic or spirits that are stuck there or anything like that. I mean, I am not into aliens. I'm not into, no offense against anyone that is, but that's just not my my thing. But I would definitely say that there is something very intelligent there that's far and beyond more like more like alien and come to find out that the owner the husband he had said that he has caught alien activity over that house even before they moved in when they were in the process of buying the house and he's not into that either so he was like quite surprised that um that that was part of it i think with that house there there's many dimensions, there's many, like, I don't quite know how to explain it. Well, it, it's almost like you can go there, you can have an investigation, you can have a really great time, get a lot of good evidence, but you have to worry about what else could follow you when you leave there. That's kind and, of the sense that I got from that place. Is and that, go ahead. You know? No, I'm finished, go ahead. But that, that's the thing, is, is, 
versed as I am and as experienced as I am, I never really thought at the time about something coming home with me. And I'm always concerned with that. It's almost like you're in a fog when you're there, Jerry. You don't realize. It's like you realize what's going on, but you don't realize it. And I don't quite know how to explain that. I find it really hard to find words to describe that house because it's definitely more powerful and beyond anything I've experienced before. And I would definitely, I fear for the owners because come to find out that anyone that's ever been in that house as far as lived there has gone nuts. Uh, We had heard that with the parent family, that after the parent family had their experience there and they had already moved out, one of the younger daughters, and I can't remember who it is, but had moved it back there to that house with her boyfriend. And her boyfriend ended up driving up the street and shooting himself in the head. And the people that, that currently own it, the people before them that had owned the house the longest, she, we were told, and I don't know if you want to put this in there, but we were told that, you know, she's not altogether there and her husband wasn't altogether there. And in fact, when they bought the house, the current owners, they got everything that was left inside of the house. There's a library on the main floor and there's how many notebooks, girls? Crazy ramblings. And no, yeah. we, we found them, didn't we? Someone in the house that night found them and brought them found to the detention. No, they did know about it, but oh, I don't did. know. I don't think they had read through all of them. But, yeah, because yeah, that's how we found out who actually wrote the crazy ramblings. There had to have been hundreds of notebooks left from the previous owner's husband. He had passed away. I don't know exactly when. But she, the previous owners, she had left them there. And her husband just would talk about aliens and the second coming of Christ and all these crazy crazy things and about the house and how it controlled them and I, I only read a couple pages but I mean it was crazy talk you know we were told that anyone that pretty much has spent any time in that house is, has not fared too well let's put it that way well obviously if, if somebody were having some mental issues they probably wouldn't have you know would have come across as some kind of ramblings if they were just writing down their thoughts especially if they weren't percent you know sane at the at the moment or was having some kind of mental health issues so that would make sense true. that it would come across as ramblings true very but true no, they were ramblings that kind of pointed to what everyone's been saying about the house right you know what about I mean? the house yeah Exactly. She had said when she lived there about the time the movie came about, she had said nothing had happened to her. She lived there and had not had any issues. And I I think that was a lie after reading those notebooks. Let's let's talk about this. So I know a couple of you have had things happen that's continued, whether it be something following you from out of that house or some type of an attachment but I know y'all have had some things happen since then, uh, ever, or yes. ever, ever since you've left. So, Julie, why don't we start with you and uh, tell me what kind of experiences you've had since you left the house? Okay. So, immediately, I had stuff happen in my house. It was This was a Saturday into Sunday that we did the investigation at, at the Conjuring House. And then Sunday night, I'm in bed 
and um, I'm watching TV, and um, I can see these black blobs, like, flitting around my room. And I'm like, I couldn't breathe. I'm like, what the hell is that? And I'm thinking I'm just overtired. I broke my arm, so maybe it's I'm under stress, whatever. So I close my eyes, and I open my eyes again, and they're still there. And I'm freaking out. And, of course, I close my eyes, and I'm, you know, praying to God up above, praying that he takes these things away, whatever it is, and I open my eyes, and they're gone. The next day, I get together with Cheryl. She's going to help me because I clean houses for a living, comes over, and she's going to help me because I had broken my arm. She's going to help me go clean the house. So we're in my car, just sitting in my driveway, and this has never, ever happened before, but um, we're just talking, talking about the house, and then all of a sudden, my locks just automatically lock by themselves. Just, we didn't touch anything. My car's never done that before hasn't done it since and we're just talking about the house and that did that and we just looked at each other and went okay and then we drove to the house I was going to clean and we get in the door and we're just talking away and it sounds like someone threw something up the front door like a paper had hit the front door this loud bang and we open up the door and there's nothing there Hmm. and me and Cheryl like every single time we would have a conversation on the phone about the house it would hang up (laughs) we would get you know our phone calls would get interrupted we'd lose the phone calls and i'd still have i would see black things out of the corner of my eye for weeks and it got to the point where i had to stop talking about it give it any attention whatsoever i had to actually go to have a healing done because i was feeling how can i explain it i was just feeling just this utter despair And that's not me. I'm a very upbeat person. I was just feeling like depressed, oppressed, like everything just was awful. I couldn't find joy. And it was really scaring me. It just felt like I was just covered in this like this heavy wet blanket of negativity, if that makes any sense. Yeah, like being being married. Yeah, kind of like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Although I have to say, I'm not married, but I, I have a boyfriend that I've been with for eight years, and he's he. This it's nothing like that. It's awesome. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> so I went to go get a healing from a healer right now, and oh wait, I should back up a little bit here. I went to a, a meditation class a few days, so this was on a on a Saturday, and then. That we went to the house to the investigation. Then that Wednesday, I went to a meditation class. I'm laying there, and I think I told you this, Faith. I know I told Cheryl, but yeah, yeah, I'm laying there, and I couldn't move. I was felt like I was <coughs> paralyzed, and out of the like in my head, I could see and feel this black thing coming up, like on me. I don't even know how to explain it. Just like it was trying to get on me or in my you know how do I say it like I don't want to say possession that's not the strong word but just yeah. get in my space I should say and I freaked out and I'm praying to God praying to God and then then I could move that scared the absolute crap out of me so I ended up going to get a healing done and she knew nothing of where I went what had happened? Nothing. And she picked up that I had this dark, negative energy 
that was like tar all over me. And as soon as she laid her hands on me, I felt that lift off of me. Like there was a body that came off on top, off from on top of me. And I have to say that that was when things started to get better. And that was probably a week after. But then I would, and I had to go home and I staged and, you know, the activity died down probably like a week after that in my house. And then we all pretty much agreed not to talk about the country <laughs> again for a while. And, um, and we haven't. We haven't. And we haven't. Yeah, we haven't. Although, talk Cheryl into doing a little something, and I'm and sh- I'm, she can elaborate on that, you know, with the book and all the things that had happened to her. But just to end what my experiences are still to this day is I still see once in a while, not as often, but these black flitty things, you know, out of the corner of my eye. But I don't give it attention. I don't, I don't pay attention to it. I continue to stage my home, and that's where we're at, for me anyway. So, Cheryl, you can jump in here and talk about some of the experiences you've had since you left the house. Okay, well, we have, um, you know, what Julie said, the, the things that happened together. But another interesting thing with me is that both of my girls are so into this stuff because, you know, they grew up in a haunted house, so they were so excited about me going to this house. So I had FaceTimed both my girls from inside that house. Both of them started to have experiences in their house. I'm not I'm not even kidding. They were calling me up asking me, what did you send here? What the hell happened? They were just both creeped out. They both had a small amount of things happen, like the dogs were going nuts. One of my girls was hearing noises in her basement late at night. So I think I asked you, Julie, and you told me what to tell them to do. Yep. Stop it. I think they walked around and kind of took their house back and, and then they didn't have any more problems. But for me, you know, I had that first day with Julie that Monday was the first what? day that I even the, the day that I went to work with you was the first day that I even put even put any thought into anything because of the things that happened with us. And still, well, I, we, kind of, I wrote it off that first day that I helped you work. Can I back you up a little bit? Remember yeah. what you told me happened Sunday night in your Sunday. bedroom? Oh, okay. Yes, that was the night before. Was that the? Yes, that was the day. That was the day. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was that day or after. Okay, I was. No, that. That was the day after the conjuring. The day. So yeah, we. It was that Sunday night that all three of us, and not only us, but other people that were at the conjuring, also had things happen in their home that Sunday night as well. It wasn't just us. I'm and not I can sure if it was Sunday or Monday, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, I can elaborate more on that after the girls tell their stories. All right. I was laying in bed and my room seemed darker than normal. And I had looked over in, into my corner. I have a modem and a cable box and I kind of looked over into the corner and I couldn't see them. It kind of freaked me out a little bit and I rolled over and thought, well, you know, I've been moving things around. Maybe I put something in front of them when I was moving things over in that corner. But then I woke up in the middle of the night and they were they were bright. So there was something dark in my room that night. My room was darker than normal and I couldn't see those little green blinking lights. And I think that must have been, I told you on Monday. Yep. Remember you told me that someone whispered your name? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. It's so weird. You <laughs> I'm like, how do you forget that? Something whispered in my ear that night, too. And I don't know if it was my name. But it was a whisper. 
And, you know, like I said, I live in a haunted house, so it didn't really poop me out too bad until I got together with Julie. And I noticed that things were happening to all of us. And, of course, I still I didn't think anything of it because I'm still a skeptic, even though I've lived in a haunted house. I needed to submerge myself into this, this story. And I ordered the book and I started reading the book. I couldn't put the book down all week. I couldn't put the book down. And I wasn't myself. I, like Julie said, I was in a different space, a different headspace. And then what did I see you on Saturday, Julie, that week after? Yeah. And Julie was coming over to bring me the sage because I think she was concerned about me. Um, you tripped falling in my front door. Remember? Yes, I did. Which is weird because, I mean, she fell on the same arm she broke the weekend before at the same time. It was just weird. It and was at the same exact time the, the Saturday after the same exact time I fell. And I just more, you know, I had those couple things happen right off the bat. My whole state of mind changed. I, I couldn't focus on anything but that house. And I ended up, I had to put the book away. I put in a draw with some salt, I think. And I saged it and I saved my house and then things got better. But I have seen a few of those dark shadows out of the corner of my eye, which I wasn't sure to even attribute it to that until I talked to Julie. She's still having it, too. Like I said, I live in a haunted house, so things happen here all the time. But, well, for me, I'm also, like, an intuitive. So what I see, I know that this these things that I see in my house are from that house. Yeah, you know what I mean? I don't, feel it, I don't feel it as strongly as I used to as far as, like, what it is. I think it's obviously dissipated or I'd be nervous rack or out of my mind by now and I wouldn't be talking about this right now but you know that house was uh, scary I sleep with the I've... nightlight to this day and I think I told Julie <laughs> I told you this the other night every night I get into bed and my nightlight's on and I think to myself yeah we're just we're just gonna keep that for now because <laughs> I was after growing up in a haunted house I'm not afraid and I think they can tell you that even that night in the house I wasn't afraid I was afraid when I came home and it was just a different yeah. kind of afraid. I don't know. It's hard to explain. It is. I think that house definitely puts you, you know, gives you a um, a healthy dose of respect. <laughs> Makes yeah. you yeah. <laughs> have a healthy dose of respect for the paranormal because the house is strong. And like I said, we weren't the only ones that experienced things in that house because I went on our our group page like our group message board and asked everyone else that was in that house if that night if they had anything going on with them if they brought anything home with them because i was having experiences and the girls having experiences in fact there was one woman and i don't know if we can attribute this to the house but the night that we were actually there one of the guests there left abruptly because she she had said that her guy her guides had said you gotta go you gotta leave you can't stay here it's it's negative so on and so on so she ended up driving home which how, how far of a ride what three hours or something like that wasn't it that it that woman had to ride. go yeah 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 she had a about a three four hour ride home and when she got home her husband was having a heart attack oh wow and so he got rushed to the hospital now, mind you, another girl that was there is, let's say, medium, and she had brought up that her guys were telling her about 
kept saying the word heart attack, heart attack, heart attack. And it was before this woman had left to go home. So like I said, she went home and her husband was having a heart attack. They rushed him to the hospital. But when the woman, was it her or was it Carrie Cheryl that said that she was in the shower and someone whispered her name in her ear? I think it was her. I think Carrie yeah. and her dogs were acting weird, but uh, That's I right. think it was her. Okay, yep. so it was that it was that lady Deb said that she was in the shower. She could hear people outside of her window, and like they were having this loud conversation. She like out while she was in the shower, she looked out the window. There's nobody there, and there's no one in her house. And she said that when she was in the shower, she someone whispered her name in her ear. And this is Sunday. This is the day after the Conjuring House. What was the other thing? Oh, no. Carrie said that she was in her hallway and she could see a dark figure in her hallway. And she, someone whispered her name, too, I'm pretty sure. And and her dogs were going crazy, barking at her, like acting really strange around her when she got home from the Conjuring House. Mm-hmm. What else? Faith, I think. I think Faith was affected more than oh, me. Faith was really affected while we were there. While we were there. Yep. And after. But um, I can attest to when they said about how you people go in trances there, Faith went into trances. I was sitting right next to her and I called her name three times and then I had to like pretty much yell it at the top of my lungs before she snapped out of it Hmm. and uh she didn't realize that she was in a trance she had no idea and I faith can you elaborate say what you were (laughs) thinking feeling (laughs) yeah that's that's just it I had no I can honestly tell you I asked her so many times the next day like what she meant and said that I didn't even remember her calling my name or remember any of that happening, you know, and she just kept saying how her, she was talking to Cheryl and even Cheryl was like, you know, they were a little weirded out by it. And I, I can tell you right now to this day, I don't, I have no clue what they were talking about. The only thing I can say as far as that goes is the very next morning when I woke up, you know, we stayed up pretty late and then, you know, we got a few hours sleep when we woke up. I just... I don't even know if I can totally explain it. It's kind of like like your brain or your thinking abilities are shut down, but you're there physically. I remember laying there in bed while everybody else around me was packing things up, getting things going, going downstairs. And I literally was just laying there on the bed, staring out the window. And it was almost as if I just... I hate to use the word trance, but it was like, I just, I had no, I don't remember a single thought going through my head. I don't remember. I just was completely fine with just laying there and just, I just felt like I wasn't myself at all. Like I couldn't tell you a single thought I had in my head. So then leading to going home and whatnot, I just, the very next day, or not the next day, the same day when we got home, I was talking to Julie and I'm like, Julie, I said, I, you know, I took the dog out. I said, I had the radio on. I, as soon as I was coming back, as soon as I was walking towards the door, I heard the radio kick up and I'm saying like kick up, like all, almost all the way loud out of nowhere. So I thought that was really strange. And then later on at night, I... My fridge has like a almost like a snap lock on it. It's not a regular just fridge where it uses suction or so I 
you know, went in the fridge. I think I got some juice. I went back to bed. Next thing you know, when I went up again, the fridge was open. And I'm like, what? So, of course, I think it's just me. I'm just that type of person that I never just assume it's anything else. So I'm like, well, I don't know how that happened, but maybe I left it open. So I closed it. I ended up going back to bed. I'm not kidding. The fridge was open again. Um, the dog was growling and when I say growling my dog is so playful but he was actually growling at something around the corner in the living room while I was laying in bed and not only that but he was chewing across my legs chewing on his bone and he snapped back so fast like I mean big like you know scary cat snapped back and did the most horrendous growl I've ever heard as if someone like touched him or poked him on the back and it was just me and him and that was it there was no one else around and I you can ask Julie I called her so many times saying the dog is just going nuts it's only in the living room I don't know know what's going on but it's uh, I've had other experiences in my life and it's just he wasn't that type that would ever growl or be mean or I don't know it just really concerned me but I definitely felt the same way as Julie, I, I would call her and just, you know, or times where go a few days without speaking and then we'd finally connect and, and she's like, I knew there was something wrong. And I'm like, Julie, I just can't, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm so angry for no reason. I'm like angry and I just feel like despair and I'm snapping out of no good reason. And other than that, I just feel like I want to like, isolate myself. Like I'm not talking to anybody. Like I just don't feel like myself. There's something totally wrong. Yeah, she she was definitely, I could feel it. I could feel that it was, she was still being affected because she just was not herself at all. You were worried for a while. You'd call me and, you know, I'm worried about Faith. And yeah, it was, it was a scary, it was a scary time, I think, for you guys. Me a little bit, but you guys more. I mean, I, I think in a little way for you, Cheryl, it was ignorance was bliss. And if that, you know, what that saying is. And it's still like, it. Ignorance is still bliss. <laughs> because go back in that house tomorrow. Even everything that I've been through, I still want more. And I don't understand <laughs> why I'm like that. <laughs> and you you could not pay me a million dollars to go back yeah. there. Yeah. No way. I hate, and you're going back I hate to use the marriage analogy again, but that sounds very similar once again. <laughs> And quickly going back to the spirit box thing in the house before the lights, you know, started flickering and whatnot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, when we actually finally had the tech person come up, you know, I even changed the battery, a full battery, brand new battery. The thing would not work. It would not cycle. Like, it, it was just crazy. We couldn't understand why we could not get any equipment of mine to work. But it, it wasn't working. Up, and it, it just wasn't working the way it should, right? It, like, we could yes. turn it on. Yeah, like, it, it turned weird. on. It just wouldn't make, like, you know, the cycling noise and whatnot. Yeah. But as soon as, like, the lights spin and everything happened. After I broke my arm, my elbow. He, yeah. <laughs> He brought yep. it up and it was fine. All he did, he like fine. basically turned it on and looked at us like he didn't understand why we we're having a problem. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, Jerry, that place is crazy. <laughs> it's just crazy. Well, ladies, definitely, I, I wouldn't recommend going there <laughs> to anyone. Well, it's been fun having you on. I appreciate you guys getting together and telling your story, even though that, uh, you know, it could to use the bad term conjure something else up but yes you know it, it, yeah. it's been cool listening to everything that went on without having to experience it for myself so i appreciate that no you're welcome thank you thank you for having thank us, you for having us. And, 
letting us tell us tell you guys our story and it was so nice talking to you even though we kind of like overtook the whole <laughs> oh, that's what it's for people hear me talk every single week it's time to hear, let somebody else talk when i have guests on yeah it's a I, crazy house crazy place I, I love listening to you i listen to you all the time and uh, you know, I love Tracy. Oh my God, do I love Tracy? I love you too, Jerry. But I really love Tracy. <laughs> Your wife is awesome. I, I'm, I, I'm I hope used you to tell that. her hi for me. I most certainly will. I get that all the time, so I'm completely used to that. <laughs> You're a lucky man. I am that. I right, thank you. Are... you. All right, ladies. Thank we'll talk you. to you soon. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. That was a lot of stuff happening for one event. <laughs> It was indeed. I want to go to that house. Yeah, I know you do. So, maybe we'll make it happen one time. Yeah. It'd be awesome if we could do a show inside the Conjuring house. Oh, Lord. That's what I really want to do. I want to have a year where all of our live events are actually inside of the haunted location. Gosh. You're just wishing to bring evil upon us. (laughs) We'll we'll see. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. (laughs) Bye, guys.